0: Go with me to Mark chapter 10, verse 43. And we're going to read till verse 45. You ready? Let's read together. Yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become what? Okay, I need, I need you to be a little more alive with me. Yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become Say it a little louder. How many of y'all want to become great in life? Anybody here want to become great? Just a few hands. I said, how many of y'all want to become great? Come on now. If you want to be a basketball player, you want to be a great one. If you want to be a lawyer, a doctor, you want to be a great one. If you want to open up a business, you want that business to be a... If you have a YouTube channel, you want that channel to be a great one. No one wants to be mediocre. I'm going to ask one more time. How many of you want to be great in life? So yet it shall not be someone among you, but whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant. Next verse. And whoever of you desires to be first. Shall be what? Anybody want to be a slave? It's funny how we want to be great, but we don't want to be servants. How many people here want to be great? How many people want to be slaves? I want you to say with me, service equals greatness. If you want to be great in life, your greatness will always be determined by your willingness to serve. Mark 10, 35. Let's go back to 35. Mm. Write this down if you're taking notes. As a matter of fact, I suggest for you to take notes tonight. Because I'm not just going to preach to you for the next maybe 30, 45 minutes. But tonight I'm going to preach to you for the next 30 to 45 years. This message, if you want to be great in life, if you want to be greater in life, you better take a hold of it. Did you notice that there's a missing ingredient here in the young people? I asked how many of you want to be great? Sure enough, everyone lifted up their hands. But the moment I asked how many of you want to be a slave, 2% lifted up their hands. You can't be great unless you serve. Listen, you will not have a great marriage unless you serve your marriage. You will not be a great parent unless you serve your children. You will not have a great discipleship unless you serve your disciples. You will not have a great house of peace unless you serve people. You will not be great in life. You will not be great in business. You will not be great in ministry unless you serve. And can I tell you, God will always hand you a towel to serve before he hands you greatness. He will always hand you service before he will hand you greatness. I know that the devil wants to hand you greatness before he hands you anything else. But if you want greatness via God, God's going to hand you a towel to serve. God's going to bring up opportunities for you to be a servant. In the kingdom of God, if you want to go up, you first need to go down. In the kingdom of God, if you want to live, you have to die. In the kingdom of God, if you want to be at top, you're going to have to get to the bottom. Can I tell you a true story? One day, I was in Denny's, if you're from Kendall, the Denny's right by the turnpike on 88th next to Chili's. And I was talking to my mentor and two other elders on the table. This was about 13 years ago. And I remember how we were on the table and we were laughing at people that would go to movies, to the movies with someone. And the someone that they would attend the same movie with wouldn't remember that they watched the movie with that person. Has that ever happened to you? You go to the movies with someone and... Weeks later, you and a group of five people, and they're talking about the movie, and you're like, yeah, yeah, I saw it. And the person you went to the movies with looks at you and says, oh, wh- when would you see it? Who would you go with? And you're like, what are you talking about? We went together. And they're like, I don't remember. Don't you feel kind of stupid? Has that ever happened to you? I know that that's never happened to anyone here, and everybody remembers every single date they've gone with you. And that's never really happened to me up until that moment. And it was like kind of funny because seconds after, we start talking about a movie. And I start telling my mentor, man, yeah, that thing was raw, whatever. And my mentor's like, oh, who'd you go with? And I was like, that's what we went together. I paid for your ticket and your popcorn and your sliver now I'm playing and for the first time I felt stupid and nobody would have known that the Holy Spirit was speaking to me you know have you ever been through one of those moments where the volume of life just goes down and people are conversating and, and they talking and they chatting but the Holy Spirit is just speaking to you and I remember the Holy Spirit took me back way back, when I was in the world, and he was like, "Man, you remember how you, you was the, the coolest one, or one of the coolest ones in your group. Everybody remember when they hung out with you. Everyone remember when you showed up. Everybody remembered. and God just told me, "You're not there no more. You're here." And God started telling me, You see how they don't even remember you? I said welcome to my kingdom. You start from the bottom, not from the top. It doesn't really matter who you are, where you came from, or the reputation you had, the respect you build up for yourself in the kingdom. If Jesus started from the bottom, let me tell you, you too are going to have to start from the bottom. Can I just preach to you tonight? I don't even feel like teaching. Got a whole bunch of notes here, but I don't even feel like teaching. I just feel like preaching. All right. Can I get four volunteers? Come on. There we go. Can you give it up for him? Would you like to see him play God in this scene? All right, he's going to be God. He's going to represent your family. You can sit down here. I got to pull the chair out for God himself, please. He's going to represent family. Your pops, your mom, your cousin, your brother. Alex, say hello, Alex. He's going to represent ministry, all right, your pastor, your disciples. And then you're just going to represent people, friends, co-workers, etc. How many of you have ever gone on Yelp? You trying to look for the best restaurant in Miami? I mean, you're really in the mood for some Italian food. Or you just want to know what restaurant has the best burger. How many of y'all have ever used Yelp? How about when you travel? Those of you who travel, you go to another country. You pull up Yelp because you want to see the reviews, the ratings, how many stars. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Tonight, if I can message tonight... I don't know. We can come up with a whole bunch of names. I'll leave that up to the media team. But for the sake of tonight's message, I want you to say with me there's someone, say with me, there's someone sitting at the table of my service. Tonight, I want to let you know, I want to remind you, or I want to teach you, God sits at the table of your service. How are you serving him? Your family, your friends, your co-workers, people, your disciples, they sit at the table of your service. Your dad, your mom, they sitting at the table of your service. You're the servant of this table. You have people, different people, sitting at the table of your service. How are you serving them? All right. Let's just change the mood. Have you ever been to a restaurant? I want you to picture this for me. It's your birthday. Say it with me. It's my birthday. Happy, birthday. Happy birthday. You have a group of four of your friends. And you just want to have a good time. And you've heard about this restaurant. It's called Your Life. So you go to Your Life. And... Is super fashionable super decorative the food is amazing the steak is on point great music great environment clean floors it's your birthday so you go to this restaurant called Your Life and though the restaurant is clean though it's the cleanest bathroom you've ever seen Though you like the music they're playing, though the food is on point, the server mixes up your orders, the server is rude, the service is terrible. Would that ruin your experience? Somebody holler, no, Ted. Get mad. No tip. Listen. You can go to the best restaurant with the best food, but if the service sucks, you'll think twice about the food you ate. You'll think twice about the quality of the food. If you go to the best restaurant on your birthday with the best people that you love to hang out with, laugh with, conversate with, and the service is terrible, The waiter is rude. He messes up your orders. He doesn't care. It will ruin your experience. Say with me, service equals greatness. How are you serving your family? Because can I tell you something? The worst thing that can happen to us Can you stand up? The worst thing that can happen to you or to me is that God wouldn't want to eat from your table no more. The worst thing that can happen to you or to me, stay standing, is that your disciples, though you have a cool haircut, though you know how to dress, though you know how to preach... They don't want to eat from your table no more. And you know what the funny thing about life is? Sometimes we think because we have cool utensils and cool cups and nice plates. That's all people need. And sometimes in life we think because we drive a fancy car and because we have a big house, and because we have gifts, and because we have talents, people are still going to want to eat off of our table. Let me tell you, you can have the coolest haircut, you can know how to preach a fit, you can know how to teach the Bible, but if your service sucks, if your service is terrible, God ain't going to want to eat off your plate, He ain't going to want to show up to your restaurant, you can have it all, but if your service sucks, your family ain't going to want to eat from your Table no more. How are you serving your loved ones? How are you serving God? How are you serving your family? Oh, I go to church. Oh, I'm a I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. How are you serving? I can preach. I'm an elder. I'm a pastor, I'm a deacon, I'm a mentor. Have 30 disciples. Ain't nobody care how much you know. Ain't nobody care how much you do. Ain't nobody care what you have. You know what people care about? How's your service? I said, people care about how's your service. What if, what if, you know what? I, I got a question. What if you could be Yelped right now? What if I can pull you up on Yelp? How many stars would you have? What type of reviews? What would heaven write a review offer you? What if somebody could Yelp your character? How many stars will your character have? How about if your life in private could be Yelp? How about if your marriage, those of you who are married, could be Yelp? How would the reviews look like? I wonder, mentors, how are your reviews when it comes to your disciples and discipleship? Nobody cares how much you can preach. Nobody cares how long you've been in church. Nobody cares about your title, your position. How are you serving? Because as far as I'm concerned, that's what billions of people are going on Yelp for, to read reviews. I don't care how hype that restaurant is. I don't care the the food that they serve. I care about the reviews. How's it really like? Because you can write your own review. It's not until you know what people got to say about you. And I'm not talking about those people that they see something wrong in everything. That's why when you read a review that has a thousand versus 30. And they have a four star. It speaks about that restaurant. It speaks about that place. It speaks about that person. If someone could yelp you. What would be said about you? If the church you came from could help you, if the previous mentor you had, the previous discipleship you came from could help you, what would they say about you? What would the old relationship that you were in have to say about you? What would that ex-boyfriend or that ex-girlfriend have to say about you? Pastor, that's why I'm here. That's why I got saved. Let the Lord save your service as well. How are you serving people? All right. Y'all can sit down. Tell your neighbor how are you serving. Tell your neighbor how many stars you got. How many five stars I got here tonight. Even by faith, if you got to do it by faith, lift up your hands. How many five-star disciples I have here tonight? How many five-star leaders I have here tonight? How many five-star mentors I have here tonight? How many five-star sons and daughters do I have? How many five-star entrepreneurs and business people do I have here tonight? If you want five stars, it's going to take some service. If you want some good reviews, it's going to take some service. So many of us, we pray the prayer, God, I want to serve you. I want to serve your kingdom, and I'll be willing to serve this apostle. I'll be willing to serve this prophet. And you dream about the things you want to do for God, but God says, can you start at home first? Can you start with your family first? How about you serve the person you overlook when you make that prayer? How about you serve the person that it doesn't really seem you're going to get anything out of if you serve them with your time, with your heart, and with your effort? Service ain't just for the seen. Service is for the unseen. Service is not just for the pastor. Service is for the new believer. Pastor, I'm serving here at church. How are you serving your family at home? How are you serving your father? I want you to check yourself. How are you serving your dad? How are you serving your mom? How are you serving your friends? How are you serving your mentor? How are you serving your disciples? How are you serving your pastor? All right. Trying to get excited, but that piano just keeps me like, I want to lift up my hands. Verse 35. Let's just read this quick. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him saying, Teacher, we want you to do something for us, whatever we ask. Let's go back. This is Jesus' disciples speaking to Jesus. And look what they tell Jesus. We want you to do for us whatever we ask. I want you to say with me whatever we ask. How many of you know where this is headed? Jesus, I want you to do whatever I ask. Verse 36 And he said to them, What do you want me to do for you? Write this down. He wants you to ask so he can help you see what's in you. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And can I tell you something awesome about God? There's always grace to ask anything. There's always grace to ask anything. And the asking is the identifying of something that is in us. Verse 37. They said to him, grant us that we may sit on your right hand and on the other in your left in your glory, verse thirty-eight. In, as, in other words, they're asking Jesus for greatness. Say with me, greatness. greatness. His disciples are asking him for promotion. They're asking him for position. They're asking him to be great. And you know what's awesome? God never rebukes them. God will never rebuke you for seeking greatness. He'll never rebuke you for saying, I want to be the best pastor in the world. He doesn't rebuke greatness. But Jesus said to them, but this is what Jesus does say. You do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? Let's stay there. Say with me, you don't know what you're asking for. Here are Jesus' disciples asking Jesus, God, give us whatever we ask. Have you ever been there? Have you ever asked God, God, I I need you to give me this, and I need you to exactly give it to me like this? Have you ever been there? And somewhere along the line, waiting for the answer, you just kind of like, you kind of start getting it. Like... He starts hinting to you, you're not going to get what you asked for. Have you ever been there? You know, Jesus' disciples are like, yo, I want you to give me whatever we ask. Whatever we want, God. The way we want it. The way we think we need it. And Jesus is like, do you even know what you ask for? Can you tell your neighbor, do you even know what you're asking for? You're quoting Jesus, by the way. In other words, Jesus says, you think it's going to come easy, don't you? You ask him for greatness, but you think, do you really think that it's going to come easy? God says, you must be changed in order for this prayer to be answered. (laughs) Write this down. The bigger the prayer, the bigger the request, the bigger the change. How many of you want to be great in life? One, two, three. I said, how many of you want to be great in life? How many of you want to be great? God says, I don't rebuke you. I want you to be great. As a matter of fact, I'm the one that put greatness inside of you. You're destined to be great. Your destiny is great. Your purpose is great. The gifts I've given you, I've given them to you so that you can do great things. God wants you to be the greatest lawyer. God wants you to be the greatest father. God wants you to have kids and be the greatest parents. God wants you to be the greatest husband, the greatest wife, the greatest entrepreneur. If you're looking on Instagram and looking at things that people do, God wants you to do greater things. But God is also saying, for you to do these great things, things I need to change you the bigger the prayer the bigger the change the bigger your desires are the bigger the change the bigger the request the bigger the change are you here you must be changed in order for this prayer to be answered are you able to drink the cup say with me are you able to drink the cup In other words, what is Jesus now referring to? He's talking about the cup of suffering, the cup of pain, the cup of process. Write this down if you're taking notes. Service will process you for purpose. Two weeks ago, apostle was talking to us about purpose. And if you want to be processed for purpose, how many of you want to fulfill purpose? God gives service to you for you to do it. So the disciples are asking, I want to fulfill my purpose. I want this big dream of mine to come to pass. I want to sit at the right of you in heaven, in all of your splendor, in all of your glory. And Jesus says, oh, you don't know what you're asking for. In other words, Jesus is saying, homie, you need to slow down you going 100 on a 35. You don't know what you're asking for because what you're asking for, I can give it to you, but I'm going to have to change you. And if you keep asking, I'm going to have to change you even more. And what you're asking me for, not only does it require for me to change you, but you need to slow down because what you're asking me has to come with suffering don't you see what I'm about to do on the cross don't you see I'm about to fulfill purpose I told you that they'd kill me and that I'd have to raise on the third day If you want greatness, it comes with suffering. If you want greatness, it comes with humility. If you want greatness, it comes with work, hard work, grind time. If you want greatness, get ready for pain. If you want greatness, you better want this cup because in my kingdom, there's no shortcuts. In my kingdom, you can't jump the fence. You want to be great, Pick up the towel and start serving your father. Start serving your family. Serve your children. Serve your disciples. Serve the church I planted you in. You want to be great, but you don't want to serve. Are you able to drink the cup? In other words, you asked me for this, but you don't want suffering. You didn't know you were asking for suffering as you were asking me for greatness. Write this down if you're taking notes. God makes you able in the suffering. Oh, you gotta write that down. Somebody gotta hear what God is telling you tonight. God makes you able for that blessing. For that answered prayer, for that breakthrough. He makes you able for that blessing, for that purpose fulfilled in the suffering. Pastor, what are you talking about, suffering? Suffering. Denying of yourself. Cutting off temptation. Living righteously. Serving. Starting at the bottom so you can get to the top. Dying so that you can live. Going down so you can go up. Sometimes living, write this down, all of God's disciplines or all of God's processes are for us to survive God's blessings. All of God's processes are for us to survive God's blessings. When we refer to process, what do you immediately think of? What are you related to? Okay. There's no right answer. What do you relate? When you hear the word process, what do you immediately think of? How many of you have ever gone through a process? When you talk about your process, How do you elaborate? What's your language? What's your tone? Boy, you don't know. You don't know what I've had to go through. You don't know what I've been through. Have you ever heard somebody talk about the process Listen, don't judge them. It took suffering for them to get to the other side. Don't judge them. Don't take it lightly. Don't discredit anybody that ever talks about their process. It doesn't matter if they're old, young. They had to go through something legit. When you see somebody praising God, don't judge them. They know why they praise Him. They know what they're doing. Has there, is there anybody here that's ever gone through a process? God will process you for your purpose. How many of you know you have a purpose in life? How many of you know that it's a great purpose? God has to process you. God has to change you. There has to be suffering. They see the glory. But they don't know the process. They see the glory. But they don't know the suffering. You think I got here yesterday? You see me here today, youth pastor of one of the largest, most influential ministries that the earth has ever known about. You think that I just got placed here yesterday? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. When I was an usher. Nobody knows when I was parking cars. Nobody knows that I got here in eighth grade. Nobody knows that for about six, seven years I traveled with Pastor Brian carrying his towel, carrying his water. Nobody knows when I will show up at night to the hotel room and I will get Epsom salt and connect that little massager thing that you put water in and I will serve him like I was serving my spiritual father because when you serve service oh let me tell you when you are serving you can serve that as much as you can serve your disciple. You can serve, oh, let me, don't get me started preaching here tonight. Nobody knows your story. Nobody knows your process. People are quick to criticize. People are quick to judge, but they don't know your process. I don't know your process. I don't know. Pastor, I want the anointing you have. Do you want the cup? Jesus says, oh, you want to be sitting at my right. Do you want that cup? Oh, you want to be the fourth of the Trinity. Apostle of all apostles. Do you want that cup? Because what you're asking for process change All right <sighs> Jesus disciples were looking for promotion they were looking for greatness write this down greatness is connected to your ability to go through process greatness is connected to your ability To go through process. How you handle process will determine your greatness. King David was anointed king of Israel as a teenager, but he had to go through a process. There's a difference between being anointed and appointed. In other words, he was anointed. But God had to get him to become who he really was. What the apostle was saying, created versus being made. You were already created. God already knows you. He knows the real you. And why does he have to cause you to go through the process? To get you to become that you. All right. Verse 39. Verse 39. And look what the disciples answer. Jesus said, are you willing to take this cup? Are you willing to get baptized? And what do they say? Yeah, we're able. How many of you don't really trust that we're able? Have you ever said, yeah, I'm able? God, I want this. God, I want you to use me. I want you to anoint me. I want to flow in power and signs and wonders. God, I want to do greater things than what you did here on earth. God, I want to be an apostle. I want to be a prophet. God, I want to have the most successful school, the most successful business. God, I want millions of followers on my YouTube. And God says, well, it's going to cost you. I'm able. I'm able. You're gonna to have to let go of this. You're gonna to have to let. I'm able. Have you ever said, I'm able? This is the teaching aspect of the message. And what does Jesus say? So Jesus said to them, in other words, his disciples said, Yeah, we're able. And what does Jesus say? You will indeed drink the cup that I drink. What is Jesus saying here? Oh, you're able. Even a weak yes is a yes to God. God says, oh, you say you're able. Okay, I'm going to give you my grace for me to change you then. I'm going to give you my grace for you to endure some suffering. Oh, you're able. Well, it's a good thing that you say you're able because don't think, oh, man, I'm about to start preaching. Jesus straight up told, told his 12 best, he, he told his 12 disciples, he told the, the three best disciples out of the 12 and said, you better be able, because there ain't no shortcuts, you better be able, because if you think, you're, if you think just because you're closer, closest to me, that you're going to get a handout, nah, indeed you're going to drink this cup, let me ask you a question, How do you treat the relationships God gives you? Do you try to manipulate them for yourself? Jesus says, oh, you're able. I'm glad because you ain't going to manipulate me. Here's the cup. Here's my baptism. Go suffer. Go serve. Go lay down your life. Go pray. Go get anointed. Go spend time with God. Nowadays, Apostle says that all the time. This generation, they want a microwave breakthrough. They settle for microwave anointing. I don't, gotta, I don't got the time to go into all of that, but it's what you would call is what you would call Gifting versus anointing. Part of being anointed is being crushed. If you go to an oil factory, you see the machinery, you see the oils, gallons of oil flowing. But you come out of that factory... You walk all the way down to the fence where the dumpsters are, and you know what you're going to find all the way back there? An olive crushed. You got to go through process if you want to be anointed. You got to go through process if you want greatness. You got to want to go through process if you want those answered prayers. You got to want process... If you want change. You gotta want process if you want those dreams come true. If you want to fulfill your purpose. If you want to reach your calling. If you want to reach your destiny. You're gonna have to be processed. You're gonna have to be crushed. You're gonna have to get some anointing. You're gonna have to fast and pray. You're gonna have to do things you don't wanna do. You're gonna have to let God change you. You're gonna have to put away all things. I'm gonna start closing. Mark 14, 36. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. 37. And then he came and found them sleeping. What were they doing? Same ones. Talking about we able. He said to Peter, Simon, are you sleeping? Could you not watch one hour? 38. watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. write this down there will be a temptation to not suffer for your greatness. you got to write this down there will be a temptation to not suffer for your greatness. there will always be a temptation. Or two, or three, or five, or ten, or a hundred to stop you from being processed. From stopping the change of God in your heart. All of a sudden, you were showing signs of deliverance. You were showing signs of holiness. You were showing signs of character. And then that temptation came. There's always a temptation for you not to suffer for your greatness. Write this down. There will be opposition to your progress. There was a study from a psychologist and this is what he came down to his studies. The majority of cases of insanity came from people who tried to avoid pain. The greatness in you is designed to go through process. Your greatness is designed. You got to hear me, young people. You are designed. Say with me, I'm designed. You are designed to be processed. Don't be afraid of being crushed. Don't be afraid of being processed. Don't be afraid of being corrected. Don't be afraid of being changed. You came to God one way, you're supposed to get to the finish line another way. Don't be afraid. Let me tell you, pain is going to come. Suffering will come. Discipline will come. Process will come. Don't be afraid of it. And you know what's our hope? You will never have to go through the process Jesus went through. You will never have to go through the suffering, through the pain he went through. Anybody glad you don't got to get nailed to a cross? Jesus' reaction to pain and to process was more prayer. His disciples' reaction were sleep. When you go through your process, write this down. Prayer fits you for service. You will never be able to serve past your prayer life. And you will never be able to serve past the temptation you fall in. I'm still getting that noise where I'm like, man, I want to preach, man. But the sound don't let me. Verse 40. 40. 40 and 41. And when he returned, no, no, let's go back to Mark, to the reason, the re- Mark 10, 40, 41. Mark 10, 40, 41. But to sit on the right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it's for those who whom it is prepared. 41. And when the ten heard it, they began to be greatly displeased with James and John. What were they what? <laughs> People ain't going to want you to be great. People are going to hate on you. Listen, God doesn't rebuke you for greatness. Let's go to Luke 22, verse 24. And I start finishing this. Now there was also a dispute amongst them. These are the disciples. Guys, if you want, you guys can sit down here. All right, I'm going to need some height, something, some gospel. <clears throat> there we go. All right. Can you stand for a moment? to stand for a moment. Just say with me, I'm going to serve. Come on, somebody holler. I'm going to serve. I'm going to serve till I fulfill my purpose. Come on, somebody holler. I'm going to serve until I reach my destiny. No, no, don't move it. Don't move it. Don't move. Why are you guys getting ahead of myself? Somebody, I'm going to serve till I fulfill my purpose. Luke 22, sit down. Luke 22, verse 24. 24. Now there was a dispute amongst them as to which of them should be considered the what? In other words, these are the disciples of Jesus and they're disputing amongst themselves saying, No, 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 I'm, I'm going to be the greatest one. No, no, I'm going to be the greatest. Now you ain't the greatest. John telling Peter, now nah, I'm going to be greater than you. Peter telling John, nah, I'm going to be greater than you. And then the disciples going to Jesus, I want you to look at it with me. And then the disciples, uh, uh, John and James, them being brothers, they tag team. And they say, yo, remember, you know, two whatever two asked for was, shall be given to them. And they run to Jesus in the middle of this dispute, in the middle of this argument. And they tell Jesus, Jesus, can you sit us next to you? Verse 25. And he said to them, The kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and those who exercise authority over them are called benefactors. Verse 26. Read this with me. We're about to come to an end. But not so among you. On the contrary. In other words, instead of fighting for who's going to be great, what does Jesus say? He who is greatest among you, let him be the what? Let him be as the younger and he who governs as he who serves. Verse 27. But who is greater, he who sits at the table or he who serves? It is not he who sits at the table, yet I amongst you as the one who serves. Keep keep it there. I'm going to preach to you for the next two minutes. This thing is getting hot between the disciples. They're arguing, they're disputing about who's going to be the greatest, and Jesus is trying to equip his disciples, he's trying to equip his elders, he's trying to equip his leadership for what is to come. And he's trying to teach and equip them how this kingdom works. And what Jesus is basically teaching his disciples is instead of fighting about who's going to be great, instead of fighting about greatness, what you ought to be fighting about is who's going to serve who. Jesus says, I'm not gonna rebuke you for wanting greatness. Oh, you gotta, you gotta hear what I'm telling you tonight. Jesus is saying, I'm not gonna rebuke you. I'm not gonna stop you from talking about greatness, but let me teach you something and let me equip you since you're talking about the subject of greatness. Let me teach this class on greatness one on one. If you wanna be great, what you should be arguing about is who's gonna serve who. If you wanna be great, what you should be arguing about is who's going to be the slave of all because the slave of all the one who serves all will be the greatest among you Jesus is saying if you want to be great don't look at greatness look at service if you want to be the greatest don't look at what you have to do look at how you have to serve oh I don't think you understand what I'm telling you remnant youth let me make it look more I don't know so you can imagine this This thing is looking like a funeral right now. Who's going to get one when Jesus leaves? Because it's in the atmosphere. They know Jesus is about to bounce to the Father. They know Jesus is about to die and resurrect and go to heaven. So everybody's fighting about who gets what. And I want this and I want that. It's like they're fighting over the will. Who's going to get the inheritance? And who's going to get this portion? And who's going to get this and who's going to get that? And they're fighting amongst themselves. And Jesus says, if you want any of that, you should be fighting about who's going to be the slave of who. If you want that inheritance... You ought to be talking about service instead of greatness. But since you're not talking about service, let me school you and let me be your teacher once again. It's not you who's at the dinner table. It's me who's at the dinner table. It's not me who's sitting on this table. It's you. And I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. Is anybody here tonight? Am I preaching to anybody? If you want to be great, Jesus said, you got to serve. Y'all talking about greatness, but I don't hear nobody talking about serving. Come on, now. You know what the problem is? Verse 27. For who is greater, he who sits at the table or he who serves? It is not who sits at the table, yet I among you as the one who serves you know what the problem is nowadays can I preach to you church can I speak to some real folk how many of y'all love God how many of y'all are in it to the end how many of you know this is a marathon not a race how many of y'all planning to go on the, to, to, with Jesus when he comes how many of y'all planning to continue to serve God how many of y'all planning to stay holy? I want to speak to some church folk nowadays. You know, what the, you know what the problem is? Can I tell you what the problem is nowadays? Can I tell you what the problem is with this generation? We ain't training people to serve anymore. We training them to eat people nowadays they don't want to serve they want a microphone in their hand without prayer, without fasting without it costing them people want to, oh can I preach to you tonight, people are not being trained to serve, they're not being trained to work hard, they're training to eat, what can I get and what am I entitled to and what can I eat and let me see is there enough for me, listen humble. sit down and shut up and get the towel of service and Stop looking about what you can eat and start looking at how you can serve. John F. Kennedy said, it ain't about what this country can do for you. It's about what you can do for the country. It ain't about what the church can do. What can you do? What are you doing for your disciples? What are you doing for God's kingdom? What are you doing for your family? What can the church do for me? What can the kingdom do for me? What can God do for me? What can you do for God? What can you do for God's kingdom? What can you do for the church? My mentor ain't doing nothing for me. You've been taught and trained to eat instead of taught and trained to serve. People don't know anything now but to eat and to take and to use. So, when there's a demand, they feel like they're being mistreated. They feel like they're being abused. I don't have the time to go and speak about people trained to serve versus people trained to eat. I have one question for you, and I wrap this all up. What purpose are you serving? What purpose are you serving? You got to hear what I'm saying now. Is there anything in your life that's bigger than you? Is there anything in life that's bigger than you? If you can give me some gospel, I really want to preach this. And then I close. Is there anything in life that's bigger than you? Your purpose sits at the table of your service. How are you serving your purpose? How are you serving the cause? Are you asleep or are you watching and praying? Are you fooling around with temptation or are you serving? Your purpose sits at the table of your service. What purpose are you serving? Is there anything in your life that you see bigger than you? Let me give you two examples. Joseph went through a process. After going through his process, God made him second in command. Oh, I feel it. I feel the anointing right now. Joseph went through a process for about 17 years, if I'm not mistaken. And after his process... Or since he was 17 to when he was 30. And throughout his process, God changed him. Throughout his process, there was was suffering. His brothers sold him into slavery. He was put into jail. He was falsely accused. I'm talking about the brother went through a process, y'all. Anybody ever been through a process? I said, anybody ever been through a process? So Joseph went through a process, and after his process, he's second to Pharaoh. He's second in command. And then the same brothers that sold him into slavery are in front of him. And you know what Joseph says? It's a good thing. It's a good thing that you sold me into slavery. It's a good thing that you did what you did to me because even though you saw me into slavery God now positioned me here not to seek revenge but to bless you and to serve you. You see the first thing about a servant that I want you to know is that somebody that serves has identity. When you oh let me tell you something when you are servant, you don't serve for identity. You don't serve to get recognition. You serve because you have identity but you can only have identity When you're in prayer, prayer fits you for service. Jesus, when he was going through pain, when he was going through suffering, he prayed more than what he would pray normally. And prayer fitted him for service. I'm getting somewhere, don't sit down. And Jesus kept going, just like Joseph. Jesus would pray, Joseph prayed, And he paid for years until he became second in command. Until the vision God gave him in his immaturity manifested in his maturity are you hearing what I'm saying and Joseph went through so much of a process that now God can trust him he can trust his heart to use his power for a higher purpose instead of seeking revenge Esther did the same thing they were going to hang all the Jews they were going to hang her cousin Mordecai. But Esther saw there's a higher purpose than to my own life. And she told all of Israel, pray and fast with me three days. And I'm going to present myself to the king. My, my life, oh man. My life can come to an end. But she saw a higher purpose. I said, she saw a higher purpose. Where my black folk here? I said, where my black folk here? I want to preach to somebody that's going to respond to what I'm saying. Can I speak to you about Dr. Martin Luther King? You know something unique happens when you serve somebody when you serve god when you serve god's kingdom i'm going to preach this something happens when you serve a generation with your own life is it a coincidence that after dr martin luther king jr gave his life for his race all doors started opening for media doors started opening to act. The started opening for athleticism. The moment Jesus Christ died on the cross, something was open for both Jew and Gentile when you serve for a greater cause. I wish I had all the time. I wish I wish that would have been playing like that for me to have given you all of this. But I'm going to just sit down. John 13 verse 1 and I close. Something powerful happens when you serve God or when you serve a generation with your own life. Mm. Thank God for Dr. Martin Luther King. Do you and I not reap from his sacrifice? I said, do you and I not reap from his sacrifice? Do you see everything that was released? When you serve, you never serve for yourself. You always serve for the blessing of another. Come on now. verse 2 no no let's read from verse 1 I promise you guys I end with this verse now before the feast of the Passover when Jesus knew that his hour had come that he should depart from this world to the father having loved his own who were in the world he loved them to the end verse 2 and supper being ended The devil having already put into the heart of Judas To betray him Verse 3 Jesus knowing that the father had given him all things in his hand And that he had come from God And was going to God There's three things That prayer will give you And would translate in service Number 1 Identity Number two, destiny, purpose. Number three, unlimited resources. Verse four. Jesus rose from the supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel and gritted himself. Let's, start, let's stay there. Verse four. What did Jesus do? I know I wanted to preach to you this whole night, but I needed to teach. What did God do? What did Jesus do? Jesus rose from supper and laid aside his what? He laid aside his garments to what? To take a hold of what? A towel. Say it with me, towel. And grit himself. Write this down. You can't serve God with your own agenda still on. You can't serve God, you can't serve your purpose with those old garments. I want you to picture this, and as we picture this, we close the message. I want you to close your eyes for a moment. You, you're going to open them in a little bit, but I want you to close your eyes for a moment. If Christ served, then there is no position, there is no level of education, of income, of ministry that exempts any of us from service. The only people that don't serve, if you want to write this down, if you're taking notes, are selfish people. Selfish people don't want to serve, they want to be served. Selfish people will critique how you serve them. Selfish people always have high standards on pleasing them. Selfish people don't serve their family, they don't serve God, they don't serve people, they don't serve their generation. Service is translated when you take all that you have and place it at someone's feet. Jesus, knowing who he was, knowing all that the Father placed in his hands, he took it and he placed it at his disciples' feet. In the next couple of verses, we read that Jesus began to wash his disciples feed you know what I find strange two things and I close what I find strange is if you had only a moment a few moments to live would you waste time arguing with people If you had only a few moments to live, would you not prioritize everything you would have to do from highest to least? Hear what I'm telling you, young people. Ain't it funny? Ain't it strange? Jesus is about to die. He knows he has only a few moments left. And he prioritizes to wash feet. He knows Judas is about to betray him. He knows he only has a few moments left with 12 men that have followed him. And he chooses to wash their feet it's kind of like a bucket list Jesus' bucket list before he writes out I gotta wash my disciples feet I don't think that's in anybody's bucket list here but he decides to teach his disciples one thing one final discipleship one last life lesson if I'm your teacher if you're my student I give you this one last teaching if you want to be great you must serve if you want to be the greatest you must be the slave of all As I've been your slave. As I go to the cross. And get nailed. As I go to the cross. And give my own life. For your sake. Jesus tells his disciples. Learn from me. If you too. Want to make it back to the father. If you too want to fulfill your purpose. If you too want God to get everything he has for you. And place it out of your hands. You're going to have to do what I'm doing. Strip yourself from your own agenda. Let it not be your will. But his will. Take the towel of service. And wash feet. Do the dirty job. And ain't it funny how if Jesus is washing all his disciples' feet, he's also washing Judas's feet. He chooses to wash the feet of the man who's about to put nails through his feet. Will you be the slave of all? Will you serve a greater cause? Will you serve God even if it's a dirty job? Will you serve God's kingdom even though it costs you? tonight if that's you if you make a commitment maybe you've been tempted to stop serving maybe you've been tempted to not change maybe you said man this is too much. I know what I prayed and I know what I asked God for, but this process is too hard. Can I remind you, there's grace for you tonight. There's grace for you to endure. There's grace for you to be crushed. There's grace for you to go through that process. Right there where you're at, I want to make two calls. If you're here tonight, And you say, Pastor, I want to commit to serve God. Maybe you weren't committed before. Maybe there was conditions. But if tonight you say, Pastor, I want to commit to God. I want to commit to serve God. I want to commit to serve a greater cause. I want to commit to serve God's kingdom. If that's you, at the count of three, I want you to quickly lift up your hands. One, two, three. Lift up your hands. If tonight you say, Pastor, I want to commit to serve my family. I want to commit to serve my purpose. I want to commit to serve my disciples mentors leaders those of you who are here that you've been serving but then it got tough it got rough and you've been thinking about quitting or you've been thinking about just sleeping and you've been thinking about being mediocre and you've been thinking about yourself instead of thinking about others and you say god i need you to rekindle my fire to serve if you're here tonight and you say i want to commit to serving God, to serving God's kingdom, to serving my purpose, to serving a greater cause. If that's you, quickly at the count of three, I want you to stand to your feet. One, two, three. Quickly stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. I want you to come up to the front. If you say, tonight I want to commit to serve God. I want to commit to serving His kingdom. I want to commit to serving a greater cause. I want to commit to serving my purpose. I want to commit to serving my disciples. I want to commit to serving what I asked for, what I prayed for. Every promise, every prophetic word God has given me. I'm willing to go and get processed. I'm willing to get crushed. I'm I'm ready to go through pain. I'm ready to go through suffering. God, change me if I need to be changed. God, process me. God, whatever pain will turn into glory. God, give me your grace. If that's you, quickly come to the front. And the second call if you're here tonight and your passion or your fire for serving. Has died or it's dimmed down, and tonight you need to rekindle your fire for God. At the of three, I want you to quickly come to the front if your fire for disciples, your fire for your heart, your fire for the vision, your fire for purpose if it died down I want you to quickly come to the front I want you to close your eyes and I want you to say with me heavily, Father, Heavenly Father tonight, tonight God, I repent God I repent
1: for not
0: serving, for not serving with excellence for despising service.
1: Despising service.
0: Forgive, me forgive me. For wanting greatness.
1: For wanting greatness. Without serving. without serving.
0: God, forgive me.
1: God forgive me.
0: If I've become prideful.
1: If I've, become prideful.
0: If I've, wanted, greatness.
2: If I've wanted greatness.
0: Without service. Without service. If, I've wanted to live
2: if I've wanted to live.
0: Without dying.
2: Without dying.
0: If, I've wanted to go to the top, if I wanted to go to the top. Without starting in the bottom. In the bottom. Tonight. Tonight I, make a I make a decision. To go through the process. To, go the process, to, be, trusted
2: to be trusted. For that
0: blessing. For, that blessing, for the, breakthrough, the breakthrough. For the purpose. The, purpose, the, call, the call. The destiny. The destiny you, have you have. For my life. For my life. God. God. I ask you you to rekindle rekindle the fire fire to serve you. To rekindle rekindle the fire fire to serve your kingdom. Fire Fire fire. to serve purpose. Serve Serve my family. Serve Serve disciples. I ask you you to rekindle rekindle that passion and that fire fire to serve. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I want you to put your hands together. I want you to just lift up your hands for just one more moment. Father, I declare your grace over every young person that is here tonight to serve, to be processed for purpose, to be anointed. They will serve you with their gifts. They will serve you with their lives. They will serve a greater cause They will serve above selfishness, above pride. They will serve you. They will serve your kingdom. They will serve this house. They will serve this vision. They will serve. They will serve. I prophesy over you. You will serve this house. You will serve as the leadership. As the government. Many of you, you will become pastors. You will become elders. Many of you, you will open up a business. You will open up businesses. You will open up. and You will be business. Man and businesswoman, tonight I bless you. I bless your willingness to serve. I bless your words. I am able. I am willing. I want to. I bless your willingness to become greater. I bless your process. I declare the grace of God over you to be processed. I declare that you will endure. You have the grace to endure. You will make it to fulfill the great call upon your life. You make it to fulfill purpose. I declare that temptation will not get the best of you. I declare that when pain, when suffering knocks at your door, you will watch and you will pray. You will fervently pray. Let the grace to pray and seek God come upon your life. I declare the spirit of prayer is here tonight and the spirit of prayer comes upon your life. In the name of Jesus right now, the spirit of Of prayer, you will not sleep, you will pray, you will not sleep, you will play, pray, you will endure in prayer, prayer will strengthen you, prayer will cause you to be fit for service. I declare over you that your prayer life increases. From today on you will see God like you've never seen God before. Let service arise, let service for God in you arise, let service for his kingdom arise. Let service for this generation arise. I prophesy over every single person here tonight. You will be greater. You will be greater You will achieve great things. You will achieve greatness. Your walk with God, your service, everything about you will scream out greatness. It will scream out excellence. I declare the favor of the Lord upon your life. I declare identity. I declare in Jesus' name that you will serve the greater cause, which is God's kingdom. Be blessed. Be anointed in Jesus' name, amen amen. I want you to hug somebody and we're going to do one more thing we're going to do two more things I want you to I want you to join us tonight as we do two things number one I would love to invite each and every single person here tonight doesn't matter your status? doesn't matter your gender, your race, your income. I want to invite everyone here tonight to give to God. Will you give unto God tonight? Will you give unto a greater cause? Every Friday night, young people. Surrender their lives here to Jesus. A week does not go by in this ministry where there isn't deliverance, where there isn't miracles. Young people, I want to teach you. You can be young and give. I said you can be young and you can give. I want to teach you how to honor God. You honor God with obedience. You honor God with relationship. You honor God with your life, with your time. By you being here tonight, you're honoring God. But you also honor God financially. I remember growing up, my father used to always put a seed in my hand to give when the bucket will come around. But it wasn't until the revelation of giving came upon my life that I started seeing results, that I started seeing breakthroughs. The Bible teaches us about a threefold cord it teaches us about praying, fasting, and giving. Say with me, giving. Many of us, many of you, you've been praying, you've even been fasting. But my question to you tonight is, have you been given? Who here has ever said, I want my prayer life to increase? Just one, two, three. How many of you have had the desire to pray more? Have you ever had the desire to fast more? where you feel conviction, you're like, man, maybe I should be fasting. Have you ever wanted to give more? The same way I desire to increase in prayer is the same way I should desire to increase in my giving. The measure you give Is the measure you receive We had such a powerful leadership last week And The last session we had We spoke about the love of God It was amazing I think we're going to sell the retreat If anybody didn't go If you want to get it, you can We're going to make it available to you But in that last session The revelation was Freely you receive, freely you give. Everyone here can give love because God has loved you. You know love because you know how God has loved you. And you get to give love. How many of you would love to give more love? Then you must increase your receiving of God's love. You can give beyond the measure you've been giving if you receive beyond the measure you've been receiving from God. Increase relationship with God. You will have more to give. How many of you want to be blessed financially? It's in your giving. Say with me, it's in my giving. Don't let the devil lie to you. It's in your giving. Tonight, I want to do something that I don't think has ever been done before. Are you, how many of you would like to break a record with me tonight? Would you like to make history with me tonight? Yes, no, a few of you. How many of you would like to break a record with me tonight? You know what I believe for tonight? And every other night after today, everyone in this room will give. I want you to ask for an envelope. I want you to ask one of the ushers for an envelope. I want you to give to God. Pastor, I have a debit card, credit card. You can text 587. You can text the word REMNIT, R-M-N-T, to 58782. You can also use one of the envelopes. Put your card information. If you have a check on you, you can write it out to King Jesus Ministry. And if you have cash, you can also ask for an envelope. But I would love to challenge every single young person here. I want you to give. And can I teach you something before we give to God? Every time you give to God, wrap your seed, with expectation tonight can I be honest with you it was a huge sacrifice for me I've been in pain for two days I don't know if you can tell I've been in pain for the last two days it took a lot I'm honoring God with my time I honor God with my finances do I have an envelope We leave it there does I have anything in there? I'll do a text to give. I want you to grab a seed. And I want you to wrap expectation. If you haven't done this text to give, it's, it's pretty dope. I have it here. Remnant. Listen, tonight... I'm gonna give a, a seed that's gonna cost me. As your example, you know what I just felt? I felt to give God a thousand dollars. And I'm gonna do it. I just texted it. Listen, I want you to trust God with your finances. God says if you're gonna test me, test me financially. He doesn't say, test me any other way. He says, test me with your finances. And watch if I don't open the windows of heaven for you and bless you. Young people, I want to teach you, when you give, God will give to you. I've given pennies nickels, dimes, quarters, I've given dollars, I've given my IHOP, my Denny money, I've given my Regal Cinemas money, I've given to God where it hurts, where it costs me, and I've seen the blessing of the Lord, I've seen the blessing of the Lord. My wife and I have a quick testimony, we're working on buying our third property, How, Pastor, how are you doing this? Write this down. God never meets you at your need. He always meets you at your faith. If God responded to need, poverty would have been long gone, long time ago. God doesn't respond to need. He responds to faith. Can I challenge somebody's faith here tonight? Maybe you walk into this building and you didn't think that God will challenge your faith financially. He's challenging you now. Maybe there's somebody here that you, you, I challenge you. Give God. Go into your savings. Give God. I remember when, can I tell you my, one of the last testimonies? When I closed to buy my second house. I needed about $19,000 two weeks before I closed. (laughs) I was stressed. (laughs) And you know what I did? You know what I did, Steph? I grabbed a piece of paper. And I wrote all the expenses. $18,900. And you know what I started to do? robo robo I started praying Shubriandra draba. I started fasting robo shoto I started giving and all of a sudden God started giving me instructions of what to do little dumb instructions that I was just like this ain't gonna do anything but I was obedient two weeks Later, I had $25,000. $25,000. I want to challenge your faith. Not just tonight, Sunday, next Friday. Give to God. Don't take my word for it. Take his. Give to God. Can I ask a personal question tonight? Who here has never given to God? If you've never given to God, you don't need to lift up your hands. I'm speaking to your heart. If you've never given to God, I challenge you test Him, test Him, test Him with your finances. I want you to lift up your offering. Father, in the name of Jesus, we present these offerings before you. We ask that you would sanctify. We ask that you would bless. Thank you for providing for us. Thank you for the job you've given us. I want you to say what we say Heavenly Father. Thank you for all you've provided me for. Thank you for providing For my house, my family, my cars. Thank you for the job, the business you've given me. God, tonight I declare I am wealthy, I am prosperous. Bless me, open doors in my life to be blessed exceedingly and abundantly. Tonight I expect for you to bless me I give to you in Jesus name Amen and Amen I want you to stand to your feet after you've given and we're just going to pray for every single person before we go that doesn't know Jesus that would love to go to heaven the day they die if that's you in a moment we're going to pray for you just want to kindly ask every person to just close their eyes for just one moment
1: Usher, so I want y'all to stop the movement right now in the temple and I want everybody here to listen to me with your heart, why not you close your eyes everybody sit down please and begin to pray with me because I got three minutes to tell you most important thing any of you have ever been told in your life. I want you to know that long before you could come here tonight, long before you were born, long before you ever made your first mistake, long before you ever needed forgiveness, long before you thought you would need God, long before that time Jesus had already prepared a table for you. A table has been set for you Since 2,000 years ago when he went and died on a cross for you and for me. The Bible says all of us have need of salvation. It says everyone has sinned without exception. All of us have sinned. We've all come short of the glory of God. We've all messed up. We've all missed it. And maybe you're sinning. You say, well, what is sin?" Well, sin is lying, sin is stealing, sin is is sex outside of marriage, sin is living away from God, sin is everything that you do that stands between you and God. Sin is the very reason why you don't have the relationship with Jesus that he desires to have with you. And though sin may feel good for a moment, make no mistake about it, sin has but one end and it's destruction and death. And it's possible that you say, well, you know what? I've been doing my thing for a while and nothing has happened to me. The Bible says that he is patient with us so that not one would perish. He's been patient with you as you've been smoking. He's been patient with you as you've been cursing. He's been patient with us, with you as you've been playing church. He's been patient with you as you've shown up to service and then gone do your thing. He's been patient with you as you lied, as you've stolen. He's been patient with you because He loves you more than you could possibly ever imagine. But the Bible also says, That the wages of sin are death. One day, you and I will have to stand before God and give an account for our lives. And the Bible says that on that day, whoever stands there, having never given their lives to Jesus, will be sentenced to a life of pain and destruction in hell in a place that was never meant for you. You ever ended up in a place that wasn't meant for you? You ever ended up with some people that weren't meant to be around you? Hell was not made for you. But it is a real place. And no one knows when this day will come when you'll have to give an account to God. This very month, I know of four young people that died. Between the ages of 17 and 32. Four people that I knew that left this planet on a day when they never thought they would leave this planet young people tomorrow is not promised to anyone you have plans you think you know what you're going to do tonight you think you know what you're going to do this weekend but truth be told no one knows what's going to happen tomorrow and if it were you if it were your turn if your day had come if this was your last day on the earth are you ready to stand before God? Are you ready to give an account for your life? Would you enter heaven and be in the presence of God? Or would you end up in a place that was never meant for you? Where are you at tonight? Because there is a table served here today. There is a table ready with the best service in the world with the best love in the world with the best food in the world and that table is called salvation and the waiter in that place is called Jesus and the ones that are in the restaurant are the angels of God and the owner of the restaurant is God himself and tonight he says come and eat of this food that I have prepared for you because once you taste this meal you'll never go back to sin once you taste this meal you'll never go back to cigarettes once you taste this meal you'll never go back to illegal sex once you taste salvation once you try the real thing you will never want to go back to the counterfeit I want to pray for everyone here tonight that says I need to sit at that table I need to say yes to Jesus I need him in my heart more than anything else. My life needs to turn around tonight. I can't afford to be walking around not knowing what's going to happen to me. If that's you in this place, I want the honor and the privilege to pray for you. And at the count of three, I'm going to ask you to lift up your hands real high up so that I can see you. One. Two, three, lift up your hands. God bless you, I see you. God bless you, God bless you. God bless you over here. God bless you in the back. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. God bless you, God bless you. Anyone else that says, I need of this meal today, I need to sit at this table. I've been sitting in many of the tables and the food never satisfied me. I need to try some real food. I want something that's going to fill me once and for all. I want to make another call. If there's anyone here tonight, you sat at the table before, you know what the food tastes like but you went to try other things. You bashed it and went back to the world, but tonight you recognize There is no food like the food of Jesus. There is no pleasure like the pleasure of his presence. And tonight you desire to come back and give your life to him once again. I also would like to pray for you. And at the count of three, I'm going to ask you also to lift up your hands. One, two, three. God bless you. I see you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. In the back, God bless you. I'm going to ask real quick all of you that lifted up your hands at the first calling or the second... You know you need of this food tonight. I want you to be brave and step into the restaurant. Come to this altar tonight. Don't be ashamed. Ain't no shame in your game. Come and claim what is yours. Run to Jesus tonight. The table is prepared. The cloth is laid out. The attendants are ready for you. Oh, salvation is served tonight. Oh, eternity is yours. And all of heaven rejoices because you are in the right place, sitting at the right table. Do not delay. If you're asking yourself, should I be out there? The answer is yes, you should be in here. Do not delay another moment. I'll give you 30 more seconds. If you do not know what would happen to you, should today be your last day on the earth? You cannot afford to stay in there. As a matter of fact, I'll give you a hint. If you're asking yourself, is this for me or not? I want to tell you, it absolutely is. I'm closing this altar call in the next 30 seconds. But I'm going to wait for those of you that are there that are still struggling. Just God bless you guys. See, I See, everyone that's still battling and you know that you need to be up here. Do not delay any look at church. Help me pray. Help me pray, church. There are, so spe- there are some people out there that need to be here come on don't delay any longer don't wake up bless you i see you come on anyone else is there anyone else is there anyone else that needs to be at the table ain't no shame in this restaurant god bless you god bless you anyone else the only thing that is not served in this restaurant is shame the only thing that is not only thing is not serving this god bless you the only thing that's not serving god bless you god bless you come on church can we battle for these people can we fight for these people is there anyone else that you're like oh but i'm gonna be judged the devil and his demons are judged you are saved you are loved you are destined for greatness and the table is laid before you anyone else 10 seconds and i close this altar call can you really afford to not know Can you really afford to stay out there? Is there anyone else that tonight says, I need a place at that table. I need to eat of that food. I need a drink of that drink. Anyone else here tonight? Many of you here are broken and crying. You still got time, by the way. I want y'all to look at me real quick. I want you to look at me real quick. Look at me. I want to see your eyes. Welcome home. I said welcome home. We have been waiting for you. We have been praying for you. And we are so glad that we get to love you. Anyone else? Come, 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 come. Anyone else? Welcome home welcome home I want you to close your eyes real quick and repeat this with me and I want the whole church to do it and say after me Heavenly Father tonight I repent of all my sins I recognize that I am a sinner and that my sin separates me from you but tonight willingly I repent of all of my sins I break every pact I have made with this world with my flesh and with the devil I receive Jesus Christ in my heart as my only Lord my only Savior I confess he died and resurrected on the third day and is seated at the right hand of the Father and I declare as of this day forth my name is written in the book of life and I am saved if I was to die when I open my eyes I would be in heaven with you Jesus thank you amen Amen. and amen and amen welcome home we want to love you we want to bless you and we want to pray for you if you would just follow that young man over there with the flag the young man with the flag if you could just follow him real quick we just want to get acquainted with you we want to take your info and we want to pray for you We rejoice for the new customers of the restaurant that are never going to leave again, because the food here is better than the food anywhere else. Amen. God bless you, church. Yeah,
2: church, we rejoice we rejoice. How many of you know that there's a party in heaven tonight? There's a party in heaven tonight because those souls do not belong to the world anymore, but they belong to Jesus. Can we give a hand clap? yes. Alrighty. I have some, a couple announcements for you. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, we have some announcements. So pay attention. We're almost done. So number one, how many of you guys know that at 730, we're doing a fellowship outside? How many of you guys were there out there today? Well, if you didn't know, Now, from now on, from today on, we will always have a fellowship outside at 7.30. Say, at 7.30. We have a fellowship. So come. (laughs) Number two, how many of you guys know have family that are not saved? That we're praying for, that we're believing for? We all do, right? So just like we learned today, today we want to let you know that we're here to serve you. We've created a team, an affirmation team to go out, to serve your family. So if you would like us to go and visit your home and go and affirm and love and pray for them, we are here to serve you. The ushers have a flyer for you. If you want to raise your hand, this is a great opportunity because I know the power of affirmation. I know what affirmation can do in someone's life. So if you have someone, if you know someone that we say, hey, you know what, this person will appreciate a visit, raise your hand. The ushers have a love flyer for you, passing it around. Number four? Yeah, we're number four. How many of you guys know that Apostle is having a USM fast track? How many of you guys were there? Woo! It's always an honor, it's always a privilege to learn from my spiritual papa. And he has invited all the hop leaders, all the mentors, all the deacons to go and join this class. So I don't know about you, but I'm gonna be out there, I'm gonna be ready. And the class is about pastoral care. I know the power of pastoral care as well. Because of pastoral care, me and you are here. Because of pastoral care, we're going to open the way for the rest of the people to come. The Bible says that, that the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. Let us be good laborers. And this class is going to teach us how to be a good laborers and how to take care of the harvest. Amen? Amen. And lastly, how many of you guys know that Jesus is alive? Hey, I want to say, I want to know, I want to ask you, how many of you know that Jesus is alive, that He defeated death, that He lives? I know that, and we are about to celebrate the best holiday that we are going to celebrate the whole year. I love Christmas. I love, I love. We don't celebrate Hanukkah. I love any other holiday, but I love. Easter, because it reminds me that He is alive and the power of resurrection is gonna fall on me, on you, and in every area that is dead, amen. So, I want you to say, Neighbor, Jesus lives, amen. So, with that being said, we want to invite you to a special service that we're gonna have as a youth. The April, no. Yes, April 19th, we're going to have a special service. And we have, we're opening the doors to your family members, to your cousins, to all of them. So right there where you are, if you have your phone out, text them. Neighbor, um, dad, mom, cousin, uh, second cousin, all of them, I'll text them. We have a special s- service, April 19th. Amen? And we also have, if we're looking for community service hours, how many of you guys go to school? How many of you are about to graduate? Hey, praise the Lord. Yeah, we're about to graduate. And how many of you guys know that we need community service hours? I needed some. I'm sure you needed some. So we have an opportunity. We have an opportunity for you to come and get your community service hours. We have two. We have... um, if you need community service hours for high school or college, we have two opportunities for you with Commissioner Joe uh, Joe Martinez, April 12th, so write it down, and during our Easter event that we'll be having April 21st. For more information, you can contact our assistant, our youth leader, you can, she can get up and you can wave, there she is, Mari Cordero, if you don't know her, now you know her, she's been serving here. She's has a great example of service because she's been here serving for more than 10 years. So she's here and We're gonna dismiss you guys. Woo, we made it to the last of the service. So I want you to stand up. Stand up there where you are. And heavenly, Father, I cover this service, Lord. I cover every release, every word, my God, that was released over tonight. Father, I declare that your, your people, my God, are in the palm of your hand, my God. I declare, my God, that tonight, Lord, they will live a fire, my God. They will live with a new anointing, my God, with a new yes, my God, to serve you and to love you, Father. We bless their life, Father. We declare and we bind, my God. Every spirit of vengeance, my God, of retaliation, of lie, of the Destruction, my god that wants to come over their lives and there where you are just begin to cover yourself with the blood of jesus we activate the blood of jesus over our house over our car my god and we declare that we will leave this place my god full of fire full of your love my god and ready to serve you in the name of jesus we declare that our spiritual eyes our spiritual ears are awakened my god and we cover the rest of the week and we will see you next friday we love you guys